Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, episode 91. I'm your host, Fredo Esparza, going solo again this week. Going to try to get Kurt back on, like, on episode 100, probably, or whenever he decides to start watching wrestling again. Um, if you've been listening to the shows, he's actually, I think the last show he was on, he actually admitted he hasn't watched any Lucha Libre, I would say, since July, maybe. I don't even know. Um, actually he's gone to live shows so that's not true he's he's we've seen live shows but not not anything online like CMLL mostly just the older Lucha Libre so he's been on Lucha Classica if you want to listen to Kurt you gotta sign up to Patreon at the moment I guess or listen to the 10 minute preview and enjoy his uh, the 10 minutes of his uh, talking about classic Lucha uh, but this week we're going to talk about Terrible joining Los Ingobernables um, CMLL running multiple tag team tournaments. You know, they just finished one, and now they're, they started a, the following day. They started a second one, and they're going to start another one this upcoming Friday. Uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Jushin Thunder Liger happening in Long Beach, and also at the end we're going to talk about the 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 ten best luchadors, twenty five and under. I made a list. It's not a it's not an official list. I'm sure there there's so many guys, but this is basically a list that's that I came up with. Um, you could agree with it, you could disagree with it. You could probably name more people that you could pro- that that aren't on the list. Um, there's a lot of guys. I mean, really, there's a lot of talent um, because there's so many luchadors that start before even like before the age of twenty. But I basically just made the list of guys that are already known names and. Many of them are you'd be surprised that are actually so young, given how long you've heard you've probably heard their names um, in Lucha Libre, not just in Mexico, but traveling in Japan, the United States. Actually, there I think one of them that made the list. I was surprised that she it's you know it's it's a female, and I was surprised when I heard how long she'd been in wrestling. And yeah, it's true she's been around for a long time, and she still hasn't even reached twenty five. But yeah, that's that's going to be on this one. Um, on this episode, I won't give out any Lucha Underground TV taping spoilers, even though I do know some of them, but it's like I'm already going to forget about it anyway. So we have so much to talk about this week. So 
so it's not it's not something that I'm, I'm really going to bring up and then you know really I don't want to ruin it for anybody who wants to li- to watch it and be surprised as they're watching most of us who even if we read them by the time it, the, the show airs I mean I think they're taping the next five weeks so really who knows when it's going to start airing if it starts airing like maybe the earliest in August by that point most of us already forget what happened so you know it doesn't matter I could probably tell everybody spoilers and it wouldn't matter. But yeah, there's plenty to talk about this week. Something that just happened like within the hour, like the last two hours uh, was Miguel Reducindo, who's been working for CMLL since late, this late 2006, um, which is what, about 12 years, 11, 12 years he's been with the promotion. He worked in the press department and um, for the longest time and he basically took if it, it, you might have seen him on like CML Informa um, he did some uh, announcing on the shows I think he did a few of the Fantastic Amania shows he he used to do the match Relampagos like when they would like put them up just separately like the one, like the 10 minutes that's basically all he would do at, time, at times He's I think he would fill in at times on some of the shows as well he did the you know he also did the Arena Coliseo um the brief run that they had of um, Arena Coliseo shows on Fox Deportes where he would do like the introduction of like some classic moments in Lucha Libre. And um, he also ha- he also was like the co-author of the, the CMLL book that just came out in December. So that seemed like a little bit of a surprise since usually C- if, if you have a job in CMLL, they usually don't fire you or you don't leave. I mean, you basically have to do something or somebody has to trash talk you to, in order to like, like just trash your name in order for you to leave. And um, he was very thankful to his bosses, Paco Alonso, um, the, the, all the kids, all the, the, the kid, the younger generation of um, Luteroth family members, um, the wrestlers, some of the, some of the other people that worked in CML. And then he talked about how there were a lot of kiss asses within the promotion that kind of don't let other people grow or, or share or give out ideas. The way it sounded, I mean, I, I guess those people kind of like just wore him out because he basically mentioned he had other projects that were going to, that he was going to, he, he had left on the side that he's now going to bring, start doing again. Yeah, he's, he mentioned he had been gone for a couple of months, so he's going to be a loss just because he was, he was the, I don't know, I always found him like the most, the closest to being a fan in the promotion because he was a good, he knew the history of Lucha Libre. He knew a lot about the history of Lucha Libre, but he also kind of seemed like when, whenever he was on Informa, um, if you listen to the show now, when they ask questions, it's usually just the same repetitive questions um, that Carmen asked. Whereas Miguel Reducindo would actually go through the list of, you know, people asking questions on, on, on their Facebook page and he would actually read them out. He'd give shout outs to the fans, thank the fans that were sending messages. A lot of the a lot of the people that have been um, re- reacting to it on the, the his his um, post on Facebook have been talking about how um, how they, they they've been very positive towards him. There's been a lot of wrestlers from CML, some of the the wrestlers that have left over the years, who've been very positive towards him. So he kind of seemed like one of the nice guys. Um, one of the highlights several years ago was um, back when Miguel Fonseca was working for AAA. The, the Tercera Caída guys actually had Miguel Fonseca from AAA and Miguel Reducinto from CML on the show to t- discuss like the two promotions. They were very cordial towards each other and um, they 
they actually had a very entertaining show. Um, I would check that out. If, I think it's still up on, um, I, I think it's on TVC Deportes' um, YouTube channel. Uh, but that was a really entertaining show because they talked about the two promotions and the differences and um, just a lot about, you know, Lucha Libre and everything that, that goes on in the business. Um, very interesting that both guys, um, I know Fonseca was involved, some booking, like he got involved in booking um, AAA, but that after that accident, it kind of just went south for him. And he, I think he's, I think he's working on with, um, um, Lucha de Barrio or Full or one of those promotions. Well, getting back to the whole, the big news. Basically, CML had to, they, they had their show planned out on um, February 16th. That was going to be when the final for the Torneo Parejas Increíbles was going to be held. And an earthquake hit about an hour before the show was, was going to start. So they had to cancel that, that, um, that show on February 16th. They rescheduled it to February 23rd. And... They held the show, basically kept the same card. The only difference really was uh, Mystico was booked already in Tijuana for um, this past weekend, so they had to they had to switch him out with someone else. Um, I think it was I think they switched him out with um, Dragon Lee or I can't remember who which match he was in, but they switched that out. Um, the show was actually pretty good. If I was if you have the time to watch a couple of only a handful of matches from that show, I would recommend watching. The Niebla Roja versus Sobrano Jr. match for Lapago. Really good match. Um, it ended in a way where both guys ended up in, being counted out. And the way it ended, where they both missed dives, you would kind of think that they would come back with a rematch. But it being CMLL, we may never see this match again. I hope they do come back to it. I mean... We might get the rematch like in another promotion. Um, Dragon Lee and Titan had a had a match for Lampago a couple weeks ago, and they just had a match. Instead of it being in CML, it ended up being in um, Pro Wrestling Revolution in um, Northern California, uh, which is a really good match. I highly recommend watching that. It's on um, it's on the Twitch their Twitch channel. Um, I think I posted a link on the on one of the most recent Lucha reports. If not, you could find it on my on on Lucha Blog or my um, Twitter Twitter accounts because Lucha Blog. Lucha Blog tweeted it out, and then I I watched it, and then I retweeted it, and it's on there. You go to Pro Wrestling Revolution's Twitter account also, and probably find it on there also. But a really good match. Um, but this match, I would hope they would hold it. They would have a rematch, just because it was really fun. I think the technical versus technical matches at Match Rolapagos have been really good. The Rudo versus Rudo ones, they've been picking some really weird matchups, so they haven't been as good. And I think they've most... Well, actually, the Cranio Echicero match was really good also. Um, you would think they would actually build to something else, like maybe a rematch. Instead of it being on a Friday, maybe have it on a Tuesday or on a Monday show and not have it be a rematch for Lampago, have it go longer. Especially on Tuesdays when they basically have a lot of guys who are kind of like Niebla Roja, Sobrano Jr., Titan, Dragon Lee, Echicero. All those guys could be um, on the Tuesday show and it could mean something on that. But, you know, it's CMLL. The main event was really good. Rush and El Terrible beat Ultimo Guerrero and Volador Jr. to win the Torneo Parejas Increíbles final. I thought it wasn't as good as the last year's match, but I think that's just a just a, a fan, someone's preference. Um, I thought last 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 year's had a little more action to it, and Volador Jr. wasn't like wasn't worried about his nose being broke. His nose was broken in this was fractured in this match, so. He actually fractured his nose. 
in Puebla his uh, against Ultimo Guerrero. So um, that added a little more to it in this match. They they had post-match interviews, and Ultimo Guerrero was the one that brought up that he had, fra- uh, Volador Jr. had fractured his nose in Puebla. And um, they basically talked about how they were rivals again, and they were going to have to settle their um, their feud. And this was before Volador Jr. showed up to do the, the, the post-match press um, interview. And Volador Jr. brought up how he, he thought they should uh, team up again and get a rematch with Terrible and Rush. And suddenly, Ultimo Guerrero said, hey, well, if he wants a treaty, we could have that match. But, you know, at CML, we might actually see this match, but probably until January again. So, Or probably next week. You never know. It's, it's, it's the way it goes with CMLL. Um, I thought this was really good. They actually had um, guy, everyone kick out of their, the big finishers. The, the closing minutes were basically um, Volador Jr. basically going for the pin on Terrible. And Tirantes was ready to count the, do the three count. And Rush pulled Tirantes out of the ring on, into the floor. Then he got back in and, and um, hit the Rush driver on Volador Jr., Terrible then hit a top rope plancha on, on Volador Jr. to get the win. You see Tirantes just counting the, the, the pin, groggy. I thought that was the best way just to get Tirantes, you know, not get carried. And the cool thing about it was Tirantes was injured, was playing um, injured, so he didn't do his ridiculous, um, you know, three count of like overreacting, the, you know, overreacting, doing his count or whatever. You know, he does a lot of... um. He motions a lot nowadays, so it kind of gets a little ridiculous. Um, at the end of the match, Terrible, um Rush gra- asked for the mic, and he took a while to get asked. To, CMLL people took a while to get the mic, and he looked, you know, of course it being Rush, he's he's upset. He grabs the mic, and he asks um, Terrible if he's with Los Ingobernables or against them, and he raises up his, vi- his fist, and um, Terrible agrees. So now Terrible is part of the Los Ingobernables, um, the cool, the the funny thing is, Terrible. I think two weeks ago, when he was on Informer, was trashing Piroth as a wrestler, talking about how bad he was. So now that's basically been forgotten. Now they're all together. I think this is great, just because Terrible, of all the guys that have joined the Ingobernables, I think he's the one that actually gets the 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 whole um, you know, the character and everything, what he's supposed to be. As an ingobernable, because he's already been, he's already a rudo, so he kind of gets the whole thing. Whereas, you know, when Sombra and La Mascara joined, they were technicals, but they didn't want to be booed. It took Sombra a while. I think when Sombra, once Sombra caught, got it, he really got it. And uh, but La Mascara, I never really felt he was he was really into it. Naido got it right away. Also, he was the other guy that got it quickly when he, when he showed up. He got it. Um, Puroth, you know, he's just bad. He never got it. Um, I think Marco. I think with Marco, he was more, um, I think he realized that he was a better, um, he, he was better babyface than being a, a Rudo. So he never really like, he never really accepted being that in being in that role. Ray Scorpion never really got much of a chance, never really got time in that. So, um, he never, he never got in there, but I think Terry Bliss, Terry Bliss has been, he's going to be a good fit. Uh, the match quality should increase <laughs> just because instead of it being Puroth and the, it won't be Puroth, Rush, and random guy. Well, it's still going to be Puroth, Rush, and random guys. But uh, at least now you might get Terrible in there. Uh, I think the worst thing out of this whole thing was um, I don't know, maybe if CMLL 
had had that show on February 16th, maybe they would have had Rush and Terrible continue on as a tag team in the World Tag Team title tournament. Because I think they didn't realize, I, I don't know, I mean, they had to have known that this was going to happen. Obviously, they're part of the plan, I mean, obviously, but with CML, you never know what's going on with them, and it's like, if they knew this, they probably should have gone with, instead of going for Piroth, Rush, they should have gone Rush Terrible, where at least Rush Terrible going to the finals at Dos Leyendas, it would make so much sense. And, you know, again, that tournament, they announced that tournament, they had Sansón Cuatrero relinquish the Arena Coliseo tag team titles, and immediately everyone just figured out, you know, everyone who isn't part of CML figured out, you know, Quatrero can't be in the finals, so I don't see the point of that. I think everyone assumed, what's the point of him dropping the titles? They can't win the the world titles anyways because the final's going to be in Dos Leyendas, and he's going to be busy working the main event. And what happened? When they announced the teams, Sansón is teaming with Forastero. Quatrero wasn't in the in the tournament. So basically, you're just running two tournaments when you could have just run one and had Quatrero and Sansón kept the Arena Coliseo tag team titles for, and they could have dropped them afterwards, you know. Uh, but I would have preferred them going with Rush and Terrible as a tag team. Maybe made them the number one contenders, just winning the, the winning this tournament, have them head into the next tournament. Basically, just have them keep going in tournaments. Throw them in the Arena Coliseo Tag Team Tournament, everything, you know. Just have them win every tournament. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a good fit with um, Terrible in that. The other thing is, I mean, Terrible was being wasted in that... Um, that um, TGR, TRT, Máquina de Destrucción group, Shocker and Ray Bucanero. I mean, Ray Bucanero, sometimes he was there, sometimes he wasn't there. Shocker, you know, suffered the, the, the broken jaw. He wasn't around that much, and he was having personal issues. Um, sometimes he's in CML, sometimes he's not. Uh, Vangelis is out with an injury. And remember, he was, he was out of the group Last summer, he announced he was out of, uh, when he tried to join Los Ingobernables and failed miserably. And then um, he had mentioned he wasn't going to be part of um, TR, TGR. And then he suddenly got brought back. So, yeah, you know, this, this, that, that group was always, like, cursed. So hopefully with this Ingobernables, I like the fact that he immediately, he's, he's the machine, la máquina of Los Ingobernables. You have Rush as El Toro, as El Toro Blanco, and um, Pierroth has La Bestia. I really wish they would get rid of Pierroth and just, they should make Los Ingobernables. The, the ideal trio should be Volador, Jr., Terrible, and, um, and Rush. That would be the per that would be like the perfect Ingobernables, but eh, they're not going to do it. So, you know, Pierroth is, we're stuck with Pierroth for the time being. CML is running two, as I mentioned, CML is running two tag team tournaments. The Arena Coliseo Tag Tournament started this past Saturday. Everyone saw that uh, the first block and the most obvious guys that could have made it to the final, Puma and Tiger, were the most obvious ones that should have gone to the final. And of course, they did not make it to the final. Instead, it's in Esfinge and Triton. Um, very, uh, you know... Hopefully Puma and Tiger make the World Tag Team Tournament, but I, I don't know. Like, even if they make it, they're not going to make the final anyway. So, you know, really. I feel bad for those guys. It's 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 just like this, it's this promotion that 
I don't know, like they should have been the guys that won this. Um, they announced the other the other group, and the I mean the most obvious guys are Mysterio Jr. and Sagrado, who I think they previously held those titles anyway. So obviously that's probably going to be the team. I really like I really like Virus and Disturbio as a tag team. Um, I remember when they uh, teamed up, they they teamed up with Bobby Zavala when they were doing the En Busca de un Idolo, Idolo um, series, and they were really good, a really good trio. They were better than the Cancerberos at that point, and I think Disturbio and Virus they would they would be pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I don't know what CML is going to do with that. Um, it doesn't. It's the Arena Coliseo tag team titles. I mean, really, they those guys. I mean. It wasn't too long ago when, when when they do that universal tournament, they don't even remember they were in a Coliseo tag title. So, you know, that shows you how little they think of, of those tag titles. It's just a bunch of titles in, in CML, really. But the World Tag Team Title Tournament, you know, there's a couple. That's the only, I mean, they have Echicero teaming up with Mascarano 2000. They have Sanson teaming up with Forastero, which is the weaker you know, Forastero's good, but he's just not the, he's not Quatero, Quatrero, so, you know, there's a couple of teams in there that just, you know, you go with the, I mean, I would go with, really, if it was like, if it was me, I would go with Mystico Dragon Lee, and maybe the next block would have Puma Tiger, have that be the, the final, but you know, it's not gonna, that's not gonna be how, be how it works, it's gonna probably be some, some mix of the guys who are headlining, you know, either you know, look at the teams. If it's Ultimo Guerrero, Ru- Ru- Rush, or or Volador Jr., Diamante Azul on the other block, or you know, one of those, the guys who they really like, it's going to be one of those teams, really. And that's that's the disappointing part of CMLL. Um, every time you know you get some good stuff like An- Angel de Oro versus Cuatrero in a mass match, and then you get a couple of other things that you, you know you get this cool final for um, Torneo Parejas Increíbles. And then you end up getting something else that you don't really like. But, you know, that's the MLL for you. Um, the other news in Lucha. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Jushin Thunder Liger happening on March 25th in Long Beach, California for the New Japan shows. Uh, this is actually a dream. Uh, this is a match that they've only done once. That's only happened once. And this was back in 1996. WCW Starcade. Um I think that year Liger had actually um he 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 had been um diagnosed diagnosed with um a brain tumor and had surgery in I think late August or sometime in August and came back a couple like maybe like a, a couple months later I I'm trying to remember when I think he came back like maybe I can't remember I'm guessing sometime in November or so but yeah he he that was a that was actually a pretty good match, Ray versus Liger. I think um, the Observer Meltzer gave it a three and three quarter stars. Um, I kind of have a feeling that this is going to be even bigger, just because it's basically a rarity that it's going to happen. And Liger, basically, this is going to be his final year or so. So, um, and Ray, Ray's. You know, both guys are super over, and it's going to be a good crowd for them because it's a it's a crowd that's going to be a very you know behind this match, and you know both guys can still can still go. Ray's really good, so um, Liger Liger's you know for for an older wrestler. I mean, you know if he was if he was in Mexico, he'd probably still like we'd be talking about him like in that 
in that Atlantis Nero Casas group of guys, Ray's race race still has about if you count in lucha terms he probably has another 20 years in lucha um he probably has maybe like a couple of years as a as a as a top name in in american wrestling and then he becomes more of just a guy who works every once in a while but that, like in lucha he could probably continue on like till he's like 60 or so um but this is gonna be a good match um that's gonna be a busy weekend in in la um bandito and flamita are gonna be working in um PWG's um, Friday show that week. I think it's March twenty third. That's going to be a, another another big show. Um, I think they're going to have a lot. I think everybody in LA is more surprised that they have a lot of um, SoCal locals working. That um, a lot of the Santino brothers um, talent, Eli Everfly, Everfly, um, Brody King. I'm trying to think, I think Jake Atlas, and I think there's someone else that I completely blanked on. But yeah, that's that's gonna be a, a fun show. Titan and and Arrow Boy have a singles match in Los Angeles on on Sunday. Also, I I, I I'm curious what's happening on Saturday because I don't even know what's happening on Saturday. But there's a lot of stuff going on um, that weekend. Triple A news: They've actually had a couple of tapings since we did last did our podcast, and really the only big news has been um for me at least. Blue Demon Jr. returning to AAA to form a faction with Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. and Hernandez. And um, and also this past, um, just today, Samoano of Lucha Libre Elite fame has joined AAA. He, I guess he's the bodyguard of Dr. Wagner Jr. So, you know, that's, that's interesting. Um, Dave the Clown's rise to main event status continues in AAA. He and um, La Parca they won their um, qualifying match for um, Ray the Reyes. Exciting. If you guys want to watch more Dave the Clown, you'll get more at Ray the Reyes. That's, that's, that's really what's going on in AAA, you know. Ugh, you know. I wish there was more exciting stuff going on in AAA, but, you know, the, the entire card, I mean, I don't know. Like, AAA is just a little out there right now. I think, I think right now also because they're, um, they're doing Lucha Underground. So as soon as they start doing the Lucha Underground tapings, the focus goes to that and... And you know some of the AAA shows kind of look a little, even when they don't, even when they don't tape Lucha Underground, they still kind of look a little awkward because they they could have like they could have like Dynastia not booked. Actually, Dynastia got booked on this. All the other big news was on um, Pimpinella and and Mamba's long running feud has finally ended. They have joined forces, so that's that's exciting. That's exciting news for the undercard. Uh, I'm guessing. Knowing, well, actually, they do have it already. I think they have Estrella, Estrella de Vina, and they'll probably bring bring in more exoticos at some point. Maximo's there, but he's he's uh, higher in the card. Elite, Elite was announced as the last show. I think the last show we had, uh, Elite was coming back, and then Elite announced that they were gone again, and now Elite is coming back again. And apparently, they announced um, Brian Cage for the next show. I think it's the March. I think it's March fourth that they're coming back. Um, Brian Cage is working a four-way match main event. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Elite. I I, I don't even think Cage can work that because if it's going to be televised, that's the problem. He, he can't be on a televised show and, you know, it's Elite. So unless they don't televise that match, that it would be perfectly, I, I would assume that would be fine. Um, Lucha Underground TV tapings have started. No spoilers, so I will not mention anything beyond taping starting. 
you could probably see a lot of social media photos. Um, I think the one I saw was um, there was there were like, I don't know what it is. A lot of people on Facebook or like on social media were mentioning Daga was gonna go back to AAA for some reason. I guess they didn't see him booked on shows. But the weird thing is like he was on the the last the Crash show and he was one of the people that was talking about the having the that match with um you know the Rebellion match uh, the the two Re- the two Rebellion groups having a, a match. He was on that and I don't know why they were saying that he wasn't. He was gonna. He wasn't booked on anything. He's. I think he's booked on a lot of. I saw him listed on a show in um, in I think Loretto or something. So it's like he's still he's still listed on an indie show. So I don't know what what whoever what those people were were thinking, uh, but yeah, he was he was showing uh, with Penta and all those guys. So he was at the Lucha Underground tapings. I will say the one the one thing I I I won't mention what what it was, but uh, you could probably find it online. Um, but the 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 spoilers, the most exciting thing to me was like the dark match that they have listed. Um, it was a three way match, I think, and like a couple of new um, newcomer newcomers to um, Lucha Underground made their debuts on that, and that's probably like more exciting than anything I saw that actually was taped. That's gonna end up on the show. So hopefully those those guys who were working the dark match end up working some of the. You know, actually end up working some of the shows that some of the matches that end up being on on Lucha Underground's TV show. So that's something to look forward to. Hopefully, so like I mentioned earlier, um, I made a list of the the ten best luchadors, twenty five and under. What I basically what was some of the stuff I, I based it on was, um, you know, they they have to be guys that are known. I wasn't gonna go with unknown guys because. You could, if you're a known, you could actually make the list at a later time, once you get discovered or you end up in one of the promotions, because all these guys are gonna at some point end up being, in either, you know, they're either gonna be in in CML, AAA, or one of the top indie promotions, The Crash, you know, or Lucha Lead or some some promotion is gonna add them to that. So I wanted to go with the guys who are already kind of known, and I also kind of there's a couple of people I should mention some of the honorable mention people that I didn't make the list. A couple of the names, um, Angelical from AAA, Templario from CMLL. He's actually already, I think he's already C, uh, 25 and he'll be 26 this year. So he's already age, aging out of this list. Microman would have made my top 10 list because he's not only is he 20, he's 20 years old. He's fun to watch. I think he could, if, if, if booked properly and used properly, I think he could be like some a, a really cool attraction for cmll which he's basically that's basically what they're using him as but uh, there's already 10 russell the 10 i listed i think have a lot more you know have more of an opportunity to be used not just higher on cards within their own promotions but people that we could see going elsewhere at, at some point who knows maybe wwe um or in the u.s for like lucha underground or you know arrow or you know impact or Really, it's WW or New Japan or you know Lucha Underground. Those are the the promotions. Um, but I thought Microman really, I think he was probably like eleventh or ten B if you want to go if you want to be fair. Um, there's too many's that I really think think if they weren't in their promotions and were like taking indie bookings would probably already be would probably be in this top ten. And that's Dinastia and Stukita. Um, I think Stukita probably would have had a better shot of making it just because. In CML, at least he makes he makes at least a couple of appearances a month. Whereas poor Dinastia, I mean, he he's basically working like a lot of the 
the house shows for AAA or the, you know, the shows that don't, you know, the promoter, that indie shows. And he's basically like teaming up with Big Mommy versus like Yedra and, and, and mini psycho clown. So he doesn't even get anything. Like he's not even like, like he's already been passed over by a, a couple of, like at least one person, a couple of people that like Lancelot, um, Hijo de Vikingo, they basically already passed them. Um, it's very disappointing because I think Dinastia has a lot of talent. I look at, I look at Flamita and I think Dinastia could have that type of, um, that type of um, career right now. And instead of he's just he's just toiling, wasting his time in um, in AAA. Uh, Stukita, I kind of think I kind of feel the same way. You know, it's but I think if if CMLL does elevate another person from the minis division, it's going to be him, and hopefully it happens within the next year or so. Because I I think you know this is another thing. Imagine like the Arena Coliseo tag tournament if they would have gone like with Stuka Junior and Stukita. That would have been a nice, a cool way to elevate um, Stukita, and I think it would have helped um, Stuka Junior because I think Stuka Junior has kind of become a, a, pre, a. I think other than doing that cool dive to the outside, he's kind of become a little bland. As there's so many other technicals that have already like like are more exciting, they're fresher, they're newer, and Stuka Junior's been around for so long. I think Stuka Junior and Stukita would at least, at least be a fun tag team, and it's 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 something that they should actually consider doing at some point. But you know, I think there's that little bit of chance for Stukita. Whereas Dinastia, I don't know. I mean, I don't think. I mean, in a promotion, in in a promotion like AAA, where everybody like if you look at the last year since Vampiro and Krista Joseph started doing the booking. It kind of seems like everybody's had an opportunity to work either main events or you know get a, an angle or get like a get an opportunity. We saw Poder del Norte. We've seen a lot of the La Llave La Gloria guys get a little more of a an opportunity. We've seen Hijo de Vikingo get title matches. For some reason, Dinastia just doesn't get any of that stuff. Other than being in like the in like the relevos de locura matches or teaming up with Big Mommy and you know stuff like that, he doesn't get any opportunities. Uh, Mascara de Bronze is another one. Um, I kind of think he's kind of like in that group with Angelical. I think they're guys who have some potential, but they're like, they're kind of like still not there, quite there, but they, I think they have some potential. I, I list Aramis. He would have made my top 10, but I don't know how old he is, really. I think he's young, but um, he's one of my, he's probably my favorite indie, like the high flyer, or, you know, guy that is in a promotion. I think he's a guy who, you know, I would think CML should actually look, take a look at him and add him to the promotion. At the same time, I worry, I fear he, he would end up just like Magia Blanca and all those other guys that, you know, just they're st- or flyer, you know, guys who are just there for so long and just, you know, you just see them like waste away at, against, you know, Nitro and um, Hijo del Signo and Sangre Azteca and guys like that. They're, they're just wasted away. Um, Forastero's another one I... In my honorable mentions, um, the other one, he's in my honorable mentions just because he's got name value, and I think if used in a certain way, he could actually have a nice. He could have. He's he's already a guy that's pushed, and that's Mystico, the latest version. I know a lot of people don't like him, and he's basically like already a main event guy. But I think if they could, they haven't really done anything with him as a singles wrestler. But I really think they did a great. I think he's he. The way they used him against Caristico in December, I think that's a really cool. Um, I think he's kind of starting to like. I think he's done a lot better in interviews. Also, he's not as uh, and he's he's not as um, 
he's not as um, unreliable as he used to be in matches also. Like, at least he's actually cool in trios matches. Um, I think him, if you put him in with um, his brother Dragon Lee, that would be a fun tag team. Um, he's already in Sky Team, so I think he's already there. But I think he's he's somebody that he's good as far as I'm concerned. He's good like at what he does, but he's kind of like I think he's maxing out as just a, a good um, you know a good tag team or trios wrestler. I don't know if they could actually like I don't think you have confidence confidence in in him as a singles wrestler. Um, just because it, you know, it, it would have to be against like someone like, I think someone like, um, you know, like Mephisto or something like that. Some, a match, one of those matches where it's just like, you know, by the numbers, you know, where you pretty much know what he's going to do. And it might be fun. It might be good. It might get some heat, but it's like, there's, he's a little, he's limited. I don't think he's, a, he's not as good as the people that I have listed in my top 10. So with that, I'll go with my top 10, number 10. And the only, and, and really, Without her, there isn't any like. It really tells you how scary like the women's women's wrestling is in Mexico. Where Kira, she's been around for like forever, but she's only twenty two years old. She's really good. They have her wrestling a lot of like uh, lucha memes, a lot of the engine promotions. If they're not using her against like the better female wrestlers in Mexico, they basically just have her work um, against men. You know, like Aramis and some of those Ricky Marvin guys like that. I think if it's not Zuxis or Fabi Apache, it's basically Kira. Those are really the the three women that are mo- are most are the ones that many consider to be the best right now in Mexico. I don't think I don't think Lady Shani's at that level, and I think Marcela and Amapola are kind of a little bit. You know, they're starting to show their age a little more now. Fabi, I think the problem with Fabi is that she's a little bit um, temperamental. So, you know, she's she's not the easiest person to deal with. So Kira, I think she's done a lot. She's done well as an indie luchadora in Mexico. She's also wrestling. I, uh, I think she's done a couple of the Arrow Lucha shows. Um, she's wrestled in Martinez Entertainment in Texas. Um, I think she's she's someone that constantly gets asked if she would be open to joining the, the CML Women's Division. And I think she's doing the right thing because she could go she's only 22 she could probably get a she's probably going to get more as far as being an independent than joining cml at this point if she joined cml right now she'd probably spend at least the next two three years working those trios matches non-stop and she could do that at a later date have that um have, have that um regular gig there but i think she's doing better not being part of the of cml um, she's held numerous titles. She's take she she's already won a big mass match over Diosa Quetzal, who's a horrible wrestler. Last year she won the mass match against her. Yeah, so Kira's really good. I, I think she's somebody to um I would probably say that if it was if you had to I would I the only the also the reason I picked her is because if you look at women's wrestling, the state of women's wrestling in, in Mexico, uh I think a lot of the people in Mexico don't really say that, oh, it's bad or anything, but it's pretty bad. I mean, it's not, there's not a lot of like, you get a lot of women that aren't very good in the ring. And I think you're seeing a lot of, I think, especially now in in the US, you're seeing a lot more female wrestlers that are a lot better. Japan also, but like in Mexico, it's like you basically have good female wrestlers and then you have a lot of like, like that, that are just not good. And it's, 
it's it's just it's it's it, you got to appreciate the ones that are really good and i think kira really did she's really good um number nine this is probably i think this might be the only person from triple a that made my list um hijo del vikingo i think he's really good i think the problem he's gonna have is that he's he's really small in a promotion where heavyweights they push heavyweights that's the that's the big thing there um he might get some cruiserweight matches i could see him maxing out like being kind of like an arrow star where he's probably going to end up using whatever he does in AAA. And maybe he could like, you know, maybe he could use that and get to um, Lucha Underground or the independence and not just in Mexico, but in the U.S. He's really good. Um, he's a second generation wrestler. He was part of the La Llave La Gloria contest. Probably the best thing in AAA in 2017. I mean, I, I think he like the, 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 the shows I watched, he was really the only good thing on those shows. Um, he's got a Viking entourage now too. By the way, he's contender to the AAA cruiserweight title. He just had a he just had a title match with um, he had a title shot against um Australian Suicide in, at the at the I think the ta- tapings from like two like a couple weeks ago. So he's really good. I think he's he's somebody that. And that's the other thing. Like if he was in in. The weird thing is, he, if he was in, C- you would think, you know, CML uses all these welterweights, middleweights. They're a little, um, they're a little easier uh, for young, smaller guys. But he'd probably have the same problem that Flamita had, like as far as the way CML would view would view him. He'd be too small. He'd probably end up being a mini, which would be great because at least he would be like a cool mini and not like shitty mini, like Pequeños. Insert all the Pequeño Universos and you know all those guys. Um, Number eight, and I think this guy, Hijo Vikingo, by the way, is 20. So he's going to be on this list for a, a while. Um, number eight, and this is a guy I think has, I think he's going to be the next guy that CML is going to make into a, a star. And that's Audaz. I think he's special. I think he's going to be one. Of, I think he's going to be like Dragon Lee, um, Sobrano Jr., that type. I think he's already going to, I. they've had younger guys come in and you know like titan triton and all those guys and titan's good i think audas is going to be at that level only i think cml is already behind him and pushing him more like the mascara doradas dragon lees sombras i think they view him at that type of level that star level he's definitely better than mystico i will tell you that um he was formerly fiero he joined CML in 2017, which tells you how quickly they've already gotten behind him. Um, he didn't have to suffer through working those undercard matches for very long. Now he's actually feuding with Virus. Um, my be- my favorite thing was um, this past week, he was on Informa and uh, with Raciel, Cancerbero, and a couple of other guys. And Raciel and Cancerbero always like to make, um, they like to joke about, about all the technicals. And Audas was like, well, you know, now at least I don't have to wor- I don't have to worry about you guys because now I'm going after the leader. That's that's going to be a fun feud. I look forward to that. Yeah, Aldas. I think the other thing with Viru- him feuding with Virus, the other news that happened on Informa was on Felino talking about how he wants to work with the younger talent. If we get Aldas versus Virus followed by Aldas versus Felino, then we definitely know that they they're going to give him a. They're going to move them up rather quickly. I'm hoping they do a Nero Casas-Audas match at some point also. That would be fun. This would be like the perfect time for CML to do in Busca de Unirolo again, by the way. Because they have Audas, Templario, they have, Tom, uh, they have uh, Forastero. A lot of guys in the, the promotion right now that they could use. 
and even guys who are even lo- lesser known than those guys. Number seven. Oh, that's his twenty. Also, by the way, I should mention. Number tw- number seven, I have Bandido, just because I think he's going to be making his PWG debut on March twenty third. And if it's if there's one thing that happens after a guy makes his PWG debut, he gets booked in other promotions, and I think that's gonna and he gets noticed by other promote by other promoters, and some bigger than PWG, some that are smaller or, or international, you know, promotions of all sizes, and I think that's gonna happen with Bandido, um, another guy who's a a, a wrestler who comes from a, a wrestling family, his father Apostol Jr., um, his brother Angelical out of um, AAA. Uh, Magia Blanca's his cousin. He trained with Ultimo Guerrero, so you knew, you know, he had he could have gone to CMLL. Uh, Ultimo Guerrero told him not to because he would have ended up being, he would have probably ended up being like Magia Blanca, you know, working those segundas or openers and, you know, although I have a feeling having watched Magia Blanca, I think Bandito would have been, he would have probably gotten a, a little bit better treatment. Probably would have gotten in the Adas level, you know, at least he would have been moved up a little bit um, sooner. Plus he was already, you know, by that point he was already like on elite and stuff like that. He's still on elite. Um, he's, he's wrestling on the crash. I think he's in that tag and that tag um, four way to, to crown new tag champs. Uh, let's see. He's, he's already had a, he already had a match with Ijo Santo. Um, he's the, he's, he's held the welterweight title for um, elite and WWA. He just, he's, he's currently in dragon gate. So he's moving up rather quickly, and he's only 22 years old. Um, I would guess within the next three years, he's probably going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, he's going to be in some, he's either going to be in a major indie name, or he'll probably be um, in, in NXT for WWE. You know, we'll be complaining about him not, not showing up on NXT, uh, on WWE shows. I think that's I think that's what you could expect from him at, within the next two, three years. Um, number six, at 24 years old, Barbaro Carvernario, he's already done a lot. Um, he started off as a masked luchador, lost it to El Gallo back in 2012, really became a big name, became really became noticed while in in the in that amazing En Busca de un Idolo tournament back in 2014 that had Dragon Lee, the Panther, um, Echicero, a couple other people in that. Really, like he, I mean, everybody at that point was basically behind Echicero and it ended up like everybody just splitting up between those four guys and Barbara Carvernario ended up winning that. Um, he then joined La Peste Negra and he's fit in perfectly in that group. Really, I, I mean, I wish I wish CML would put Nero Casas and, and, and Barbara Carvernario as a tag team, but they've kind of like, they've had, or Carvernario with um, Echicero. That was a, that was like a one-time thing, but those, that's another, um, He's he's been he's been great in that in that group. Uh, when whenever I mean whenever Mister Niebla's gone, Barbara Carbonaro's filled in admirably, and you know he's basically been become the 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 number two guy in that group behind Casas. Um, he's had an amazing feud with Ray Cometa, two hair matches where he which he's won. They battled over the welterweight national welterweight title. Um, he's teamed and feuded with Volador Jr. That's been a great feud, also. Uh, that's that's that they had a really good match back in um, back what was it, late September, I think, and um, right after the whole um, yeah, it was late September. They had the 
they had one of the many tournaments or whatever the CML always has tournaments and you know that's the one thing if you want to remember if you don't remember what happened in CML just assume it was a tournament it was like a tournament final or something um, number five I actually have this person ahead of um, Barbara Carvernario and that is Flamita because he's done a lot I mean he's only 23 years old and he's already done a ton of stuff started out in DTU and other independent promotions um Another guy who comes from another wrestling family. Um, too small to be part of CMLL. At one point, he actually wanted to be in CMLL. Uh, I'm sure he probably would still want to be in CMLL if, if, if they weren't such, um, if they were run by other, by, you know, if there was ever a change in philosophy or the people, as far as the programming department goes, you know, they had him there. He, they said he was too small. He would have ended up being a mini. Which, you know, by, by this point now, I mean, so many of the minis shouldn't be minis. We just mentioned Stukita, another one that, that really should be moved out of that group. Um, he then joined AAA, first as Fireball. And then they made the dumb mistake of, you know, re-gimmicking him as Octagon Jr. Which led to like, that, that only lasted maybe like a month or two. And then it it just led to this horrible experience of seeing uh, Octagon uh, showing up at an autograph session that um, Flamita was at and pulling his mask off and just an embarrassing moment for Octagon. You know, I, I, I think... And then, you know, later on, Octagon was talking about how they've, they've you know, it's water under the bridge and it, they've moved on. I think that's more, fr- more from Flamita's side than Octagon's side. He also had that one, I think it might have been one appearance in Lucha Underground as Nightclaw. Um, he's, he's been a regular, you know, foreign foreigner for Dragon Gate for a couple of years now. He's been the Crash Cruiserweight champion. He's made some PJ, PWG appearances. He's wrestling in other, other U.S. indie shows. He's, he's somebody that I think, you know, I think if there's ever a point that, people promoting realize that you just go based on talent and not on someone's size. You know, he's, he's somebody, you know, Ray Mysterio, I mean, you're still having these issues and Ray Mysterio's basically, you know, you would think he, he made it more of a realistic thing for, I mean, there's guys, every promotion can have a cruiserweight division really, or like whatever, you know, it's not like, it's not like, a it's not like at the, it's like, there's not a bunch of like five, five, eight, five, nine, five, ten guys, in lucha in pro wrestling that can actually have fun matches with these guys so you know if you're five three five four i mean come on give them a shot um number four number three and number four are actually um number four i put sensone he's 23 years old and number three i put cuatrero who's 21 um obviously you know they're both cian caras's sons um part of the dinamita family they you know they have held a bunch of titles national trios Occidente trios, Arena Coliseo tag team titles. Uh, Cuatrero is the CML World Middleweight Champion. I think I put Cuatrero ahead of Sanson just because, from just from watching them wrestle, I think Cuatrero's a little more. Um, he's a little more. Uh, I think he's more complete as a wrestler, whereas Sanson is more charismatic. And I think if Cuatrero ever gets the charisma, or gets a little bit more of that. You know, building a because Cuatrero, when he does interviews, he's very quiet. Whereas Sanson is very, a little more outgoing, a little more talkative. Sanson feuded with Sobrano Jr. That's still going on. Cuatrero, 
is currently feuding with Angel de Oro, and he's already going to be headlining his first. Um, he's going to main event, you know, the Dos Leyendas. So, you know, that's the, also the other reason I put him at number three ahead of Sansone. He's already headlining one of the one of the two big shows for CML, and I think both these guys have a shot. You know, if if um, if WWE ever wants to get more luchadors, there are two more guys that they could always go after. Number two, 24 years old, Sobrano Jr. I mean, really, the guy dated Ali. That's really the, the, the reason he's number two. Let's be honest. Um, he's the Euphoria son, comes from another wrestling family. Um, the current national welterweight champion, really good, talented. I think he has, I mean, I think he has, he's going to be, a, he's, he's a star, feuding with Sanson. Um, but really, he dated Ali. And if you don't know who the Ali is, um, look look her up on. Um, actually, you can't because she's she's disappeared from social media. I hope she's okay. And at number one, twenty two years old, Dragon Lee. Guys, I mean the guy's amazing. Ton tons of charisma. Um, the net as far as guys who are going to be the you know the 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 guy every I think since the last two years everybody's been counting down when he's going to end up in WWE. He's really good. I mean, the, the, especially the way CML has been booking him, you assume they probably figure he's not going to be there too long. But it, you hear Dragon Lee, I mean, you think he would want to be there a little, like they should book him a little better just because he really wants to, um, he wants another mass match. You could probably get another big main event out of him. They did, he already headlined a show, a big show, the 83rd anniversary where he took La Mascara's mask. Um, he's the CML super lightweight champion. And he's had the, the, the epic feud with um, Kamatachi, or for those of you New Japan fans, Hiromu Takahashi. Just an amazing wrestler. I think he's, he's, like, he's the guy, he's the, he's the, as far as the 25 and under guys, he's currently the guy who's, you know, he's the, he's the main guy. And I, I think CML has to do something with him. Like, they can't just like, be worried about, oh, he's going to go to WWE. Like, what's the, what's the big deal? I mean it's they they got to do stuff with these guys and yeah like i said this is this is the list i want to know what everybody else like what their thoughts are on the 25 and under hey even like guys that i don't mention like unknown guys is there somebody unknown out there that's working you know the the amll circuit in torreon or um or you know iwrg or you know elite or you know the 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 mexico city i could have mentioned la guys but um there's a couple of guys locally that are pretty good also, but or Chicago or Texas, wherever. Name, send me some names. You know my you know my Twitter account, the real Fredo. Send it to me. Let me know your thoughts. Is there anybody that you would like to like include in the list? Because I think there's a lot of great talent, 25 and under. There's always like you could these guys can get older, and there's always going to be somebody else that pops up. The DTU guys. There's a lot of guys. I I, I think Jimmy might be under 25. He's good. Um, DTU had that um, tryout, and there was a couple. Of, I watched that match. Um, I thought Jimmy was the most impressive one, the former nerd. Um, I was very disappointed in Kevin because he should have taken off that blue sweater. He could have impressed Sima um, a little better and Nero Casas. Nero Casas looked very excited watching that match. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys. Um, Luigi, Luigi should be on this list, but I don't know where he is. You know, he's too busy studying. He's doing. He, he's He's getting an education, which I think is, it's a good thing for him. He should, but you know, he's got time. I think he was like, I think he was like, what was he, 15, 16? The last time um, 
DTU told me about him. So, um, yeah, he's got time to be on this list. Luigi will be this on this um, at some point if he comes back. Um, I think the, who else is there? Baby Star Junior or Baby Metal or whatever. Those guys that were in that trios match for uh, Lucha means. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of talent. Arcangel Divino, I think he might be under 25 also, but I I think he's kind of more of a he's not as um as polished as some of the guys I mentioned. The 10 that I mentioned, I think they're they're already like they're already got people that I think could be stars. Um, like I said, Kira could walk into Triple A and she'd be the best. If Kira walked into AAA, she'd be the best wrestler in the promotion, really. If she went to CML, she'd be like, her and Zuxis would be the two best female wrestlers in the promotion. If she went to Lucha Underground, I'd believe I, I'd believe her kicking a guy's ass more than I ever believe Sexy Star could. You know, so, you know, there's there's a couple. Hijo Vikingo, I think, is, is, is a fantastic wrestler. Um, I wish there was more AAA talent that I could list on this because, you know, there's... Unfortunately, they focus so much on like Dave the Clown and La Park and all those people. So, yeah, like I said, I had fun doing this. Uh, hopefully, some of you will um, will come up with some other names that I didn't mention, or maybe I even forgot some people because I, I know there's like a couple. I I had to look up um like Titan and all those guys, but they've been around a little longer. I think Titan's already like 27, 28 years old. There, I'm sure there's gonna be people people are gonna mention like. I remember when um, like some of the names of people that were joining Lucha Underground and people were like, how young are these guys? These guys are young, promising wrestlers. And I was like, no, they're not. They're, they've been around like since since 2000 and they're like in their mid-30s or late 40s. I mean, Volador Jr. has been around for a long time now and some people are, are like amazed that when they find out that he's like, I think he's 35, 36 now, which is still considered young in, in by Lucha standards. So yeah, look, let me know what your thoughts are. Anybody else you would like to like add to the top 10 list? Maybe you disagree with me on someone and would add somebody else that I didn't include. Like I said, it's it's an opinion. It's not set in stone where it's like, these are the 10 and then that's it. Well, I guess that's, that's about it. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, be sure to visit LuchaWorld.com for all the latest Lucha Libre news. And... Um, if you are looking for more Lucha content, including the Lucha Classica podca- podcast, we just did one on Pirata Morgan's career. Um, sign up to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash luchaworld at $1, $3, or $5. You can also find the Lucha World podcast and Lucha, Cl- Lucha Classica previews on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and who knows where else the feed has been added. Thanks again, everyone, and talk to you all again next time.